presenting Flash Gordon Minute, the only podcast to celebrate and critique the 1980s cult classic Flash Gordon, one minute at a time. Spectacular adventures await you here on Flash Gordon Minute. Story Minute, the podcast where we talk about Toy Story 2, The Winter Soldier. One minute at a time, because an arm gets ripped off of a character. I got it, I got it. I've seen a lot of Marvel movies that happens. They lose arms. Anyway, (laughs) I'm John. I'm Jab. And we have an Eric. Only one. Yes, I am back. We only have one Eric. Are there other Eric's with you? The other Eric got just silently, silently in the room (laughs) watching. You know, in 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 high school, in our group of friends, we had three Eric's, but two of us went by our last names, and one went by a nickname. So none of us were actually called Eric. Um, Yeah, we have three Nicks at work. Yeah, we have three Nicks at our work right now. (laughs) Three Nicks and two Jordans. Oh wait, who's the other Jordan? New. Oh, I haven't met him yet, or her, or whatever. Jordan's a gender-neutral name. Like a river. Anyway, <laughs> this minute, minute ten, starts with the evil Dr. Porkchop asking, How shall she die? A terrible choice for our hero. And it ends with Rex wondering what happened, because he wasn't even involved in this play scenario. I didn't even notice that he wasn't playing. A, a, huh. In, yeah. I didn't until I just said it right yeah, now. Yeah, I didn't yeah. notice until... He came up and said, what happened? Which, okay, again, this play scenario is amazingly elaborate. Mm -hmm. Because we we see much more How Shall She Die, where we have, I think, Mr. Shark's only real role in this, which is... To be a shark. Which, to be fair, Mr. Shark is a shark. He's very good at being a shark. Yes, he's a shark boy, and... Not a lava girl. Yeah, well, that's a different (laughs) region. That's where when we do Shark Boy and Lava Girl Minute... Which is probably the last movies by Minute Show that will ever be made because oh, then, why would you want to do then that? You would, oh. that? It means that you've exhausted every other <laughs> every <option>. possible movie. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. I'd rather do like even like a really comically bad movie. Oh yeah, no, that'd be fun. Yeah, like Bratz. Stop oh, talking about. I'm sorry, the Bratz live action movie is amazingly bad, and I love it. So don't or, like, even. Like Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. Yeah, Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> Yeah, I think a so bad it's good movie would really work for. I mean, Star Wars Minute, like when I mean they're doing the prequels and they the Clone Wars. I mean they kept their sanity mostly, mm-hmm. even when C three PO made a bunch of puns about being headless. <laughs> that <laughs> ah yeah oh man I think that might be the the nadir of Star Wars. Yeah, that bit. <laughs> yeah, that bit. I'm losing my head, or two. You have a towing cable for some reason. Oh, don't get me going on Attack of the Clones. Oh, man. Actually, <laughs> it's a good movie if the, you love people sitting around talking. Honestly. I mean, honestly, I think it's a very good, like, campy, so bad it's good movie. Yeah. Because it, it, it's fast-paced. Mm-hmm. The key to being a so bad it's good is it can't be boring. Right. Because otherwise, then it's just bad. Yeah. And honestly, I think even though it's not my least favorite of them... 
Phantom Menace might be the my least favorite to watch of the prequels because Revenge of the Sith is all memes by now, mm-hmm. and Attack of the Clones is just so stupid. By any means necessary. Um, the Phantom Menace, on the other hand, my favorite part is just when Jar Jar Binks says, used to thinking, used to people gonna die? Because <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> and silly, and the Phantom Menace has some stupid and silly moments, but not nearly as many as Revenge of the Sith and it's Attack of the Clones. a lot of pod racing. Oh, man. Let's try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> Another great line. Yeah, Classic cause, films. Because we're, we're a, toy, or a Toy Story minute. We're not Star Wars minute. Yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. Anyway, yeah, it's a Toy Story. <laughs> the Death by Monkeys is also... This is the first time Andy's played with those monkeys mm-hmm. that we've seen. Because they also... You're right. They were in last movie. But you didn't use them. The toys used them. Yeah. And they were just making noises, but they weren't really doing anything, any toy yeah. things. But then, of course, they make a major appearance in the beginning of the next. Oh movie. yeah! Yes, oh, I can't do. wait to talk about that. Like, I already have a note because I was like, like when I was looking up the monkeys for the first movie, I was like, oh, cool! This is a really cool fact, and I have to write it down. And it's like been in there forever in my mm-hmm. notes. Evil Doctor Porkchop apparently has a pretty mundane thing, which is just like a pool with a shark in it, yep. with a freaking laser beam on its head. <laughs> Awesome Powers Minute, shout out. I got sharks um, with freaking laser beams on their head. Yes, exactly. And then, just like, monkeys that rip you apart. They're angry. And they've already ripped apart this potato man. They're angry. That's a tough choice. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, which would you choose? I guess not for yourself, but for this poor victim. <laughs> well, no, for well, yourself. If, yeah. Shark. For myself? Shark. I'm taking the shark because I think the monkeys would be much more drawn out, yeah. and so I think your agony would last yeah. a very long time. The shark, you're dead within probably less than a minute. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, I guess I'd yeah. go to shark, too. Because yeah. if all else fails, you'll drown, mm-hmm. like, in a couple minutes. Yeah. Whereas, even if the shark fails to, like, kill you right away and do, like, a final death blow. Yeah. Whereas the monkeys, like, you have no way to die if they don't, like... Yeah. No instant way to die. Yeah. This is... Here's a good note about Toy Story, the trilogy. I'm pretty sure this is the only damsel in distress moment in the whole series. Yeah, I think you're right. And it's just in a game. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, with Bo Peep being the whole... The, the damsel. It, Toy Story 1 was not good for representation of women. Right. This movie does a way better job. Yep. You know, Mrs. Potato Head, Barbie, and, of course, Jesse, the best Toy Story character, yep. fight me. It, it's interesting because, like, there's been a lot of, like, controversy about, like, how they depict women and how they have women in, in their staff and stuff. And as we get into the making of some of the later parts of this movie, mm-hmm. we'll see more how, like, oh, yeah, they had no idea how to write women, and the women who actually voiced them did a lot of the writing for them. Like, it's a whole thing with, like, Joan Cusack and all hmm. that. Like, she wrote a lot of Jesse. Oh, good. As, as we'll see. I love John Cusack. Um, right? She's the best, but we can't talk about her yet. Right. She doesn't exist yet. Right. Because they're monkeys. The actress doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> and then, more Andy setup. He has a box with just Star Command written on it, which is apparently... Is this supposed to be a ship or yeah, something? Yeah, probably. Gotta be. <laughs> Buzz comes out of on our sea, then ramps into Ham with somehow Buzz staying attached to RC. Right. It's... Is Andy doing all of this with a remote control and a ramp? I really hope so, because that'd be really impressive. Because I, I was thinking maybe he might stoop down and kind of pick up our Right. Because this is just so precise, and he only had four minutes to set this up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or Andy's mom is just, like, off. She completely forgot what, like, she said five minutes. She's like, 
Oh man, I gotta go get Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I got caught up in uh, chilling, 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 minding my business. Mm-hmm. I saw the look around, and you wouldn't believe this. I swear, I stared. My knees. Oh, sorry, I got into a salt and pepper yes, uh, freeze in my brain, into a fugue state. <laughs> fugue state. <laughs> and oh, speaking of ham getting knocked down though. He has a new thing, a new feature. Now he's got his cork. Cork, yeah. It's in the last movie. It was rubber, which presumably is what it came with, and now it's a cork. Mm-hmm. And actually, this comes up a lot in this movie because mm-hmm. this is the first time. But there's several times that it slips out because it's yeah. not what he's made to have. Yeah. So at some point, Andy lost a part of. Ooh, maybe this is what part of him was eaten, like Mr. Spell's conference. Whoa. What to do if a part of you is swallowed. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love this idea that Molly ate part of him. Yep. <laughs> yep. And it got like so warped by the digestive trap that now it's like, oh, we'll just get a cork. Yeah. Which doesn't stay secure the whole time. There's a lot of stuff about him in this movie. I love him. Well, also, so the cork comes out and all the coins fall out of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, when I get change in a store and I put it in my pocket, it annoys me. This guy, he's walking around with coins inside his It's like if all your organs were just, like, rattling around you. Yeah. Oh, man. Especially because Ham is, like, a featured character in this. Right. It's weird how much activity he does. And, like, he brings it up even, and we'll get into this because... Uh, this whole reignites the whole what is ham made of controversy. Right. Because we talked about a little bit how when he flipped the coin into him in the first movie, it made like a kind of glass yeah. sound. Here he's getting knocked over and a lot worse happens. And he's and fine. he should be a fragile toy. Or not even a toy, but you know. Thing. So do we think he's plastic or ceramic or glass or whatever in this? Right. It's still that... Or maybe metal. Could ham be metal? Well, I mean, if he's a piggy bank, I mean... You know, I, they were... I mean, like one of my kids has an R2-D2 bank. It's metal. Yeah. You know? Well, because well, you see a piggy bank, and a lot of those, they used to be like you would smash it to get out. But mm-hmm. obviously, he's got the cork or so stop right so you don't need to yeah that always was a dumb idea to me anyway the piggy bank that has to be smashed is uh-huh. like oh what's the point then you ruin it as soon as you want to get money back out mm-hmm. so yeah i guess it could be metal maybe that was the point huh. was do i need this money no save it i don't want to break this piggy bank i don't want to wait for my life to be over yeah that too I don't know why I brought up that song. Yeah, anyway, because okay. Mr. Potato Head was fairly prominent last movie, but, like, mm-hmm. we get more of Slinky, we get more of Ham, and we get especially more of Rex in this movie. Yes, we do. That's real nice. I love me some Rex. Another reason why this movie is, the like, best. topping our, yeah, topping our Toy Story list, so far at least. And then Woody, everything you say to him, because he's about to break. Mm-hmm. He's about to break. Break. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, that's another song that. <laughs> okay, we hinted at this last movie where he kind of makes a ripping noise as Scud pulls at him with the mm-hmm. same arm. Yeah. But at this moment, does Andy technically rip him or does Buzz do it? I don't Scam. think Buzz is well, you know, purposely doing it, but I would feel. I mean, I just I I felt like you know. It's got to be a, a repetitive stress fracture. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. this, you know, this doll has probably been subjected to much, much worse things than just having his arm linked with buzzes and then he yanked it. thrown so across that, the room by a you know, dog. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a dog was chewing on him. A and as ago. we, I mean, as we said, in last movie, when they're doing the whole moving truck sequence, Scud pulls at Woody and 
it's by his arm and it makes an audible ripping noise even though it doesn't actually rip mm. so this is definitely something that's been a long time coming and i also like this because it's the opposite arm from what buzz lost last movie mm. so it links them a lot and links. it's like links like with arms yeah like that you link together <laughs> but it's interesting that they kind of did I mean, Buzz loses the arm kind of more detached from him, but with Woody, it kind of affects him more because he's a lot more active than Buzz. Buzz is catatonic the whole time he's got no arm. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But this, like, Woody goes through a lot of action set pieces without a functioning arm. Like, not only is he, like, learning his age and, like, thinking about his mortality, but he's also, like, physically disabled in this movie. Right. <laughs> it does. It does say a lot because he's he's facing aging. We talked a little bit way back in the like the pilot, I think, about how like these movies kind of echo like stages of life. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. the first sure. one is kind of your childhood and learning to work with other people, but this one's kind of thinking about your future and your legacy. Right. Whereas the third one's like a lot about death, the yeah. end of an era. Yeah, and yeah, and stuff. also legacy, but like inheritance kind of thing. Yeah. But in this movie, like. Woody really faces the fact that, oh, yeah, I'm an old toy. Yeah. Like, he learns he's an old toy. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. I've been through some stuff. Yeah. I've, I've ripped my arm. My back don't bend the way it used to. My mm-hmm. knees. Maybe I could have done feel that 20 rings. years ago. My knees that are just kind of like points where the stitching yep. comes together and then really fit. Feel it in my knee. One last thing about this specific breaking moment. Does it hurt? We talked what about with Scott. I don't think it does because, again... <laughs> A minute ago, a dog was using him as a chew yeah, toy, and he doesn't time, respond to that at all. It's not just that. It's that it rips, like, almost off. I don't think it does. Because we talked about with Scott a lot last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. About whether toys feel pain or if it's all psychological. Yeah. Because um, I feel... I, I think I said this when we were talking about it with Scott, but if it was, like, physical, I feel like the toy wouldn't be able to stay in character. Oh, like he'd flinch? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. but then we see that these toys... I mean, the toys kind of... One of their primary rules, as they said in the last movie, which, you know, never expounded upon whatever we talked about this right. last minute, is that they don't ever reveal themselves. Right. So I feel like it might even take less effort to... Or maybe it's like the pain is so bad that you kind of just freeze up from it. Yeah, maybe. But I don't know, because he doesn't also, react with pain yeah, later either. Say also, yeah. yeah, when he gets put up on the shelf, He's just he reacts sad with sadness it. because he's not going to... I think camp. this might be the nail in the coffin. This might... Or not the opposite of the nail in the coffin. The crowbar opening up the coffin for Scott saying that he doesn't think the toys feel pain. I yeah. think they just don't. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, I mean, I know this this is way ahead, but the scene then when he's getting restored, I mean, and the guy is blowing the thing into his eyes. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, the, if toys feel pain... Uh, there wouldn't be much worse than getting, you know, a, a pressure gun shot into your open eyeball. This yeah. this just makes all the more weird the whole Woody getting burnt last movie. Yeah. Where he, you really know, is screaming to put it out yeah. and stuff. I guess that's just a reaction of, I don't want to get damaged. Yeah. Which, you know, it wasn't permanent, so there right. we go. Yeah. I wish that we, we'll talk about this more with a cleaner sequence, but I wish that we did see a little bit of the burn somehow in, like, the cleaner sequence. Like, he's cleaning up and it's, like, obvious that, like, some... I don't know. Again, it wasn't permanent, and we don't see it in this movie, so maybe not. It's really interesting, and the whole Andy's mom coming in thing, it's like, this is weird, because Andy, as we've established, doesn't have any friends. His toys, and I guess his dog and his sister, are, like, all he has. So it's kind of weird telling your kid, like, 
Oh, it, toys are mortal. <laughs> yeah, this is what I was. This, yeah, this is what I was talking about uh, yesterday's show. So the mom says toys don't last forever, and then sticks him up on the dusty shelf. Oh, like they I don't mean, last that, forever. I mean, Let's forget about it for now. You know, that is so cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 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 his it's his been his favorite toy forever. Well, they don't last forever. Let's just stick them up here with the dusty stuff up here. Well, to be fair, Andy's mom does say maybe we can fix them on the way, and then Andy says, "No, we'll just worry about it later. We'll just leave them for now." Which obviously Andy wants to repair in the future, and he's sad True. about it. But Andy's mom does say like. Oh, we can fix him. And which, which is a whole other thing. I mean, how do you fix the, the toy, toy on the way? <laughs> Wait, well, I, I mean, mean is not, Andy it's, it's... proficient with sewing? So- I mean, he is proficient with sewing. We find out later, I yeah. guess. But is he going to do it in the car? Is Andy's mom going to stop at stoplights and and sew <laughs> And but it's just he rejects it so immediately out of so hand. Man. I mean, this is his, this is the toy he is attached to, and mm. he, he he loves it so much. He's bringing it with him to to his camp for a week. There's one little rip on his arm, and. He immediately is like, no, let's not bring him. No. Yeah. Well, this I mean, is... he's so despondent, and he, 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 he just gives up immediately. Yeah. This is, again, way later in the movie, like near the very end. But there is the little dramatic irony moment where someone, I think it's Andy, says, like, oh, good thing I didn't bring you to camp. Your arm might have been ripped off entirely. So maybe Andy's just like, ooh, maybe I was playing a little bit rough. I better not risk losing the arm. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Because that would be... I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess we'll discuss that. Wants to peer into the mind, peer into the mind of a six-year-old. Uh, he might be six, <laughs> no, he's or not seven because his the calendar said his birthday was in the future. It might be later this month. Right. That's uh, that calendar. It's so haunts pro- me. Problematic. But it's also weird the whole fixing on the way because like Andy's mom is like, oh, he's totally fixable. This is fine. But toys don't last forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is it? Kind of. They kind of do. Right, they, yeah. they, they can, they certainly can. We've got terracotta soldiers that are thousands of yeah. years old. <laughs> we established with the plastic corrosion awareness that these toys can, if properly taken care of, last for so much longer than a human can. Yep. I mean, in the original Planet of the Apes, Charlton Heston finds a baby doll in that cave. That's from oh, thousands of years true. before. Yeah. Wow. So it is kind of weird to say toys don't last forever because honestly, like, we've all broken toys. If you really want a toy to last forever, you can. I mean, that's what Al does. Mm hmm. Yeah, he. I guess Al right. is kind of in direct contrast to that, that a toy can last forever if you don't play with it. Yeah. Which may be the message of this movie. I don't know. It's complex. Jeb, are you ready for something? That is a recurring feature from last movie, and also I think we did like one thing of it this movie so far. Oh boy. Andy's bookshelf time. Whee! Let's see what's on Andy's bookshelf. When Woody is placed up on that shelf, we have the book, which we will see more of later, called Let's Go Bye Bye. Aww. It sounds, it sounds <laughs> it's like very it's, fitting. Yeah, it sounds like it's about death now I think yeah. about it. Uh, let's go bye bye. It's like. Here's what happens when your dog goes to camp, kids. Yeah. Oh, God, that's, that's too sad. Yup. Um, we also have the Little Reader's Collection of Children's Stories, which I like that because we know that Andy's literate. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, a great speller, but come on, he's a kid. Right. It's cute, and it, like, there's, it's not specifically, like, I looked it up, it's not, like, a specific book that mm-hmm. exists that's called exactly that, but, like, that's exactly the kind of thing you get for, like, a kid. Right. Learning to read. Like, I imagine it has, like, retellings of classic fables and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I remember 
my mom had from when she was a kid Hans Christian Andersen stories and mythology stories and all that in these books that were meant for like kids to read and I read them as well when I was a kid mm -hmm. and probably misunderstood a lot of them but yeah. you know it's a nice little thing it's a hate isn't it yeah I like the idea that Andy's a reader probably watches Rick and Morty because <laughs> he's an intellectual yeah um, I'm sorry, the true intellectual show now, Jeff, Young you know, it, it, well, Big Bang Theory, but then if you want to go to the supplemental material, Young the Sheldon. expanded, the Big Bang Theory expanded universe, the cinematic universe, no, no, yeah. to watch Young Sheldon, the hit new show, that's our sponsor today. The hit new anime. What if Young Sheldon reached out to us to sponsor? It should. What, 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 we'd have to delete all the things that we've said about it. The positive things, I mean. Because yep. we are only positive for it. Yep. Give us money, young child. Please. <laughs> Speaking of intellectualism, Jeb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have one last book that we see. <laughs> called, and this is in all caps, Real Real Big Trucks. <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> real Real Big Trucks. Which... Well, that's a book he's holding on to since yeah. he was a year old. Uh... Yeah. Oh, yep. yeah. This is his, yeah, this is his passion, oh, real, real big cars, right? Do you want to know the author of this? Please. <laughs> By Cousin A.J. Joe Jim Bob. Jim Bob is one word. Cousin A.J. Joe Jim Bob? <laughs> yeah, he wrote real, real big trucks. That sounds like a fake name. <laughs> I really want to read real, <laughs> real big trucks. I do, too. Because these trucks are real, real big. Not only are they big, yeah, they're real, real big. <laughs> And if anybody knows about not just trucks, not just big trucks, not just real big trucks, but real, real big trucks, it's going to be Cousin H.H. Joe Jimbop. Yeah, so true. <laughs> Cousin H.H. Joe Jimbop. It's the greatest name ever. <laughs> it's amazing. He's. You think that's a pen name by someone who's named like... No, sure, he's the, he's the Dr. Seuss of his genre. I was about to say by someone who's named Arthur Reed, and then I realized that's actually Arthur's name from Arthur. Yeah, the Arthur <laughs> Arthur from Arthur grows up to write about real, real big drugs. Clearly. <laughs> How did his glasses stay on? No clue. Because his ears are... There's also, I've seen pictures of him listening, like, headphones, and the headphones go like this. They're like Oh, they're on his... They're like, on the sides of his head. Yeah, but his ears are on the top of his okay, head. Okay, here's how you solve that, creators of Arthur. Earbuds! How about that? They should have hired been, us. This has been our Arthur... I mean, it's still going on, right? I was just about to check. I'm pretty sure it's still going on. Arthur's been on forever. I don't know. It's one of the it's, it's one of the few shows my kids don't watch. Yeah, I I watched it like I remember I didn't watch it like as a kid, but I watched it like in high school because wow, between, it is still going on. I thought so. When did it start? Ninety six series. Ninety. That's like it's only a little bit younger than Toy Story. Yeah. In high school, I would. At least for my first couple of years of high school, I would have to get up before my brother and my cousin to shower and everything, and then I just have time before, you know, going to school. Uh -huh. And the only things on were Mr. Rogers and Arthur on PBS, and so I would watch Arthur and maybe a little bit of Mr. Rogers. I'm not afraid to admit that I watched oh, it, yeah, right? Even into my my teenage years. Hey, I years. grew up on Mr. Rogers, sure. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't the age demographic, but so what? The kingdom of make-believe is alive in our hearts. True. Oh, God, what was the real scary, the lady with the real abrasive voice with, like, the red cheeks and nose? Wait, what? 
in the land of make-believe and Mr. Rogers. It was like King Friday, I remember, and there was a cat that said, like, meow, meow, Mr. Rogers, telephone, right. meow, meow. Oh, now I gotta Google this. Uh, Mr. Rogers characters. This is our Toy Story. Mr. McFeely, ew. Oh, that's the delivery man. That's a weird last name. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't use that name these days. No, oh, you would not. Well, he's named for Fred Rogers' maternal grandfather, so don't be mean. <laughs> that's a real last name. That's amazing. Oh, that's weird name. I saw him at a Comic-Con once, Mr. McFeely. Um, oh, yeah? The actor? The actual guy, yeah. Oh, that's like a weird pull. <laughs> yeah. Was he, was he like, like a, an actor in other things, or was he just like... I have no idea. There was a there was a long, there was a section David... at New York Comic-Con about five years ago, and I went over there to meet Carol Spinney, who does Big Bird and Oscar, and sitting next to him was Mr. McFeely, uh, the guy that did Gary Gnu. Okay. And the guy that played uh, the big bear in the the house, big bear in the house, bear in the big blue house, bear in the big blue he house. He said goodbye yeah. to the moon. He did. I was like a little too old for that, but I still right. Uh, yeah, me too. I remember yeah. seeing like commercials for it. <laughs> David Newell, who plays Mr. McFeely, that seems like that's his primary credit. So it seems, yeah, he would be. Oh, he's a recurring character on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it's an animated version of him, and it's played by a Canadian actor. Why wouldn't it just be him? Oh. He doesn't sound like himself anymore. Yeah. It looks like he's just Mr. McFeely still. Like, that's just the whole thing. Okay, The Neighborhood of Make-Believe. And a platypus. Henrietta Pussycat. I remember that one. King Friday the 13th. Oh, I get it. Lady Elaine Fairchild. Is that it? Is she the creepy-looking one? Maybe. I wish I could help, but at my age, I watched this show like 37 years ago. Well, as I said, I watched it in high school, so... <laughs> uh, oh, she is a frequent antagonist, so maybe it is the same one. Listeners, oh, I bet there's a Mr. Rogers podcast. There has there to be, ha- right? Say, I would be astounded if there was not. Well, if not, that no. We ha- we already have too much on our plate. Yep. Because if we weren't doing that, I, I've had so many moments where I'm like, you know what? Screw Toy Story, let's just start the SpongePod Squarecast. <laughs> but no, this is our mission in life. Yep. Speaking of podcasts, though, because I've, I've run out of things to say about this minute, obviously. Eric, where can people find you and the things that you do? And what yes. do you do? I'm the host on Flash Gordon Minute, uh, so you can hear me and uh, my insightful comments there. Sorry, I oh, I love that song. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that doesn't love that song. That you know, it's such a classic. I'm I'm gonna say it. I think Freddie Mercury might have been the greatest singer, at least in like pop music of all time. Who? Uh, I mean, his Freddie voice. It, it's yeah, his oh voice was God. an instrument. You know, yeah. Yeah, just oh, an amazing man and great loss to the world and all that. Yeah. Can you imagine if he was? He would only be like sixty. True. He's, oh, R.I.P. Freddie Mercury. Yep. Or whatever his real name was. It was something Persian. He, he, you know, he's, he's like Persian. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Freddie yeah. Mercury is completely this. I mean, you can't be last named Mercury. Right. And not, I mean, you can't be a glam rocker and not have a stage name, let alone you right. know, that. Real name is Farak Bulsara. Hmm. Yeah, he was British, but of Parsi descent. So, yeah, he was, uh, like, like Persian area kind of thing from sultanate of zanzibar grew up there and in india wow oh he was born in 46 he'd be like 71 now dang 
That's weird to think about. But yeah, I mean, he's still probably be kicking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, sure. The rest of Queen is. I saw Queen earlier this year. Of, well, 2017 depending on when people are listening to this. Mm-hmm. It still has Brian May, still has Roger Taylor, the guitarist and the drummer. Uh, but I have filling a in for Freddie Mercury was... Brian um, May, because you know he's a high-level mathematician? Yeah. yeah, he's like an astrophysicist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole weird thing. Anyway, sorry, you went and saw them. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I may, I, he, Brian May is the main reason I went, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, yeah, well, Freddie Mercury's not singing, why am I going? Was Well, Brian May's, of course, playing. And Adam, I, I, I can't remember his last name ever, the guy that was on American Idol. Adam's, I almost said Sandberg. Um, Adam, Adam Lambert. Lambert. Adam Lambert. Yeah. Adam Lambert sings for them now. Very good show. I mean, the the two original members still in there. They're sure they're you know probably around seventy like Freddie Mercury would have been. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know it. You know the guitar playing, the drum playing, incredibly on point. Oh, he was Zoroastrian. That was his religion. Freddie Mercury. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense given his parents and all that. Let's just start a Queen podcast. Oh, <laughs> um, oh it's like. Oh, uh, what is it? The Star Wars Minute guys used to do a podcast about all the Beatles songs. And yeah, they did every single song. Alphabetical. Did they really? Yeah. I think we've talked about this before. That sounds familiar, actually. Because yeah. now they do ABC Devo. Okay. Yeah. Or someone does it. And I had the idea of Abibet. The Abibet. <laughs> what would you call it with Queen? Man. I just thought of the dumbest joke, which is, um, do you know the prequel band to Queen is Queens of the Stone Age? Oh my god. Uh, it's like Fred it's like Fred Flintstone to the honeymooners, you know? Nice. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Or I guess a prequel would be called Princess, because yeah. she's not Queen. Right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, it's good. I, mean, I love Queen. Guys, Queen's good. Anyway, Flash Gordon. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> Flash Gordon Minute. Anyway, yes, Flash Gordon Minute. Cool. Anyone that loves Flash Gordon, please, please tune in. Yeah, and we'll definitely link to that. We are recording these a bit in advance, and so who knows when things will be out. But definitely uh, we'll give people a link to that in the show notes. Uh, We've already given our links and stuff earlier this week, but, you know, find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook. We have a group and all that, so y'all can find us there. And uh, it's been really neat. Thank you for, for being on here, Eric. No, thanks for having me on. Oh, no, thank you for being on. Thank you. I'm just going to out-thank you for everything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to talk about Freddie Mercury and the neighborhood of make-believe and Arthur and how he wears glasses. And also Toy Story. What? Because this is a podcast about Toy Story. Oh, this was Toy Story Minute? Oh. (laughs) Yeah! Uh, uh, Uh. Sorry, I was signing up for the Croods Minute. Sorry. (laughs) I just wanted to think of a random computer animated film that I haven't seen. And don't even know what it's about. Anyway, until next time, listeners, you've got a friend in Andy. Toys don't last forever. <gasps> Sorry, I'm trying to out new outros, mm. and that's mine, is that everything you love is going to die, and eventually there'll be the heat death of the universe. Our species won't last forever, and our sun eventually will burn out. We're all going to die. That's my outro. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. it love it. <laughs> love it. What's your new outro <laughs> from this minute? <laughs> Um, Death by monkeys. What? Death by monkeys. Death by monkeys. <laughs> it's like what you know how there's like death by chocolate. Yep. What, <laughs> what if there was one that was just like really savory monkey meat, and it was called death by monkeys. Ugh. <laughs> We've been recording too long. Yeah. All right. So anyway, bye, bye, listeners. He's a rootin'est, tootin'est cowboy in the wild, wild west.